Netflix just released its first part of a two-part series, Selena the Series. The first episode is called Daydream, and it's a 40-minute pilot about Selena Quintanilla and her background before she became the star that she was. Yeah, Selena Quintanilla Perez, um, she won a Grammy in 1994. Her album Forbidden Love was a quadruple platinum album selling half a million copies. What is quadruple platinum? Well, if an album goes platinum, it means that one million copies have been sold, and quadruple means four times that, so it's four million copies. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she died before her fifth album was released, but it was called Dreaming of You, and uh, it reached the Billboard 200 for a couple of weeks afterwards. And like I said, this first episode is called Daydream. So it's in that same Dreaming of You universe. Um, this first episode sort of reminded me... Oh, well, first of all, I wanted to point out, so Netflix usually releases seasons of things, but this mm-hmm. is another series where it's released by part. Yeah. And the last one I remember doing that was The Get Down. It had like... I, I think t- Money Heist did it too, but yeah. Money Heist is a different... Like it was, wasn't developed by Netflix. The Get Down was, so I, I don't really Yeah, well, what, the they basically wrapped the first season, and then they're going to release the second part, which they filmed, and COVID apparently wasn't a problem for them. Um, it, like, later, I think in 2021, no release date has been set yet for it. So. Okay. Well, this first episode did remind me a little bit of The Queen's Gambit, because the main character, who's played by Christian Serratos, the titular Selena, or mm-hmm. Rosita from The Walking Dead, she barely is in it. Yeah, reading about it, I thought of the Queen's Gambit as well. So does this basically just kind of follow her childhood? Or? It does, but the first scene is a little different. So it shows us Chicago in 1994, so uh, she's really famous by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, her adoring fans are surrounding the bus that she's in. Kind of like, and if you think about Chicago, 1994, Michael Jordan would be like dealing with the same exact yeah. type of thing. And again, with, 1994 is when she won her Grammy. So this was like the height of her career. Yeah, a career that was cut short pretty fast because she was only 22 at the time. And in this first scene, we get a good sense of how young she is or that she's playing because she's really nervous about having to go on stage without her family, who was part of her band for the longest time. We see her brother, A.B., and her sister, Suzette, and they basically just talk her into going on stage She overcomes the fear. She goes up there and there's a sea of lighters, like thousands of people who are just holding these tiny little flames in the air. And then she starts dancing like Shakira and singing. Was this a big concert? Like, you know, like an Ed Sheeran concert? I literally just said thousands of people. So yeah, it was, it's a big concert for, for especially that time. And then we get to zoom back to Lake Jackson, Texas, 1971. It's like a scene from This Is Us because she's not even in it. It's basically about her birth. Uh, and how she got her name. We see her parents. Her dad is Abraham, and he's an ex-musician, and he was expecting a boy, Mm -hmm. so they hadn't even planned for a girl's name. They choose on Selena because of this other lady who was expecting to have a girl but ended up having a boy. And then the dad says, I'll be right back, and he leaves, and I think he's going to exit through the gift shop, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's done for the whole entire series, but no, he actually, uh, it turns out the episode's about him. it's we zoom up to 1978 selena's seven or eight years old and uh the dad hears her singing in the background and the problem is they cast this kid to play her through her pre-adolescence which ranges from like seven to 11 years old so when we first see her and she's playing seven years old she seems really old for that age especially when her voice is so deep and then her parents are pretty strapped we see them living paycheck to paycheck in the small house they have three kids The dad really wants to start a band. The brother and sister are both older than her, but she still sings lead for the band, and it's called Southern Pearl. Abraham, as a father, also takes kind of the opposite approach as the Michael Jackson dad, where he sees his kid is talented, 
and he wants his family to become a band. So he's very loving and supportive with them. I'm surprised to hear you say that because Abraham, the actual father of the show, has a lot of control over the scripts. He's an executive oh. producer. Okay. But a lot of people were surprised that in the show, and this might not be there yet, but that he isn't actually that likable of a character. Um, I mean, there are certain moments that I'll get into later on. He's definitely not shown as, like, the best dad. But at the same time, in this first episode, trying to get his kids to respect music and get Selena to have a better life than they have. And it seems like the roots of the show are true to what actually happened, because uh, I think it was middle school that they pulled her out, and she gets, like was singing from then on out and got like a big career. Wait, you mean they, she didn't attend like school after middle school? I don't think so. Okay, well, yeah, they move a little bit later on, but first what happens is their family owns a restaurant in the 70s, and they would just sing at the restaurant at first. But then in the 80s, the recession hits and they lose the restaurant and they go on welfare and this is where the dad starts to see we see a few of his um worst traits he's too proud and so like they go into the welfare office and the kid gets recognized for singing at the restaurant and he's like oh no i'm in the wrong place and he like shuffles them all out and the family's like hey it's not that bad but then later on when he has the food stamps and he's bringing his kids to the grocery store which he specifically does at a late hour so that no one will see them using food stamps the kids give him this look of like shame a little bit and he's like there's no reason to feel that the government gives this out for people i paid my taxes and he has this touching speech to like make them feel better and then he's like he gives them the food stamps and goes to the car and he's like you guys <laughs> you guys pay for this now <laughs> so whenever he feels awkward about something and it's sort of awkward to watch he kind of passes it over to his kids to do later on well he'll do something similar with the lights but that's when they decide to pull her out of school like you were talking about and they all five are moved to Uncle Hector's house, and they all sleep in this one little room, like sardines, all five wow. of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it just, it's sad. How yeah. dark does the show get? Not, it's not dark, but it's sad. I yeah. saw that New York Times called it dramedy. Does it have comedic parts in it? Or? Yeah, it's got comedy, but there were a few flaws that I started picking up around this time in the episode. For instance, Selena's a good singer. Like, as a child, she's a good singer. But as a character, she's pretty dull. Like, the difference between the Queen's Gambit, which in that first episode, which you liked, right? Yeah. The character had, like, she was the main character of that episode. And you got to see her dynamic, like, portrayal right. of getting addicted to drugs, but also having friends and stuff. This representation of her, it feels like they left Christian Serratos. Like, she's going to be the one who shows Selena as this amazing person. Right. Because... All that the younger Selena does is follow her father the entire time. A lot. She doesn't feel like she's that much of a... She doesn't have a personality. A lot of the reviewers and a lot of the viewers for the show said that they find Selena as too... I think Andy Wire referred to her as Christ-like. Like, she doesn't have many faults, if any, in the show. And a lot of people... She never gets mad. She's uh, always just, like, cool with things. And a lot of times where there could be tension, they, it kind of gets dissipated very fast. And a lot of people attribute that to the fact that the father had a lot... Of, and her family, just in general, had a lot of um, control, control over the over scripts. Okay. So you're definitely not the only one to feel that way well th this was just the first episode i don't know how she's represented later on but in the first half of this episode i also even though it's a family feel-good drama there was this aura of like sadness that just kept on like going and maybe it was just because the father was the one kind of telling the story or moving the story along but it just constantly getting him down and uh at a certain part i thought he was going to break when he realized that he had to go on welfare mm -hmm. But considering how this plays out with Selena's death at the end, 
I just wonder if the series is spending too much time on the audience, like making them feel a little bummed. From what I've seen, the first four episodes revolve more around the father and the brother. But that by the time episode five hits, which yeah. is, I believe, when you're introduced to her husband, that's when this There's series at least picks up. Nine episodes for this first part, yes. Okay. It is interesting in such a famous, tragic story that they would spend this amount of time not on Selena and her journey, um, but more on her family as a whole. But... The last thing I wanted to point out about the flaw that I saw in this episode was that it felt super plotty and not complex, but like every scene felt like it was there for a purpose of just kind of spoon feeding the audience. Here's where we go on welfare. Here's where they book a gig. Here's where they need to get lights. Here's a montage of them making the lights from the dumpster peach cans. And here's where they discuss how well they think the concert went. I've read that subtlety for this uh, show has been kind of a huge problem. No subtlety. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think that the show will have enough steam for 18 episodes? Because there's a famous movie that came back in 1997 called Selena, which people really like. It was Golden Globe nominated. That was able to cover, you know, the topic of her in about two hours. The topic of her? Well, I think that it would be disingenuous to know how much her life they cut out in the movie and how much would be interesting to show on, on the TV screen. And I think that that's the reason why they gave it to Selena's family because they were the people that she spent the most time with. There's... That said, there's such a small window right now because they end this episode at 1986, which means they have from 1986 to 1995 yeah. to really extend the storyline. And the way they were going through years, at least with her childhood, uh it didn't seem like there was like much that they had to do every single year. She's like 15 at the end of this episode, yeah. but she's transformed into Christian Rosita's <laughs> character, right? Um, and her siblings are also the adult versions. So it's always interesting when you see a character move over into that age group, because again, it's like Queen's Gambit, where they switch her over at like age 14. Yeah. And so for those first few years, you feel like they're going to try to rush through them because they don't want you looking too much because the person who, the actress who's playing her is 30 some years old, yeah. playing a 23 year old at the end who's now playing a 15-year-old, someone half her age. Yeah, and Christian Serratos has gotten uh, praise for her performance, not overly so, but people like it. They just say that she doesn't look a lot like the actual Selena. I was about to say, when I first saw that she was cast, I remember reading a lot about how Christian doesn't look enough like Selena, but if Jennifer Lopez played her, then I don't think she looked like identical either. From what I read, Moises Zamora, who pitched the uh, show, even stated that Christian Serratos uh, was already cast before he even met her. He mm -hmm. met her through a friend, and then he got to know her through lunch. It seems like Christian Serratos, though, really It was wanted... like that Varsity Blues story when they found out that they could get James Vanderbeek, and they were like, cast him! <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, she was really touched by Selena's story, because, and so even so much so that some of the vocals that they use, it's mostly Selena. So it's funny when I went onto the Reddit page, because a lot of people were like, you know, Kristen Serratos doesn't look like her, but she sounds like her. Well, it's interesting. The way she sounds in the first beginning of the episode is nowhere near how she sounds as a kid, um, partially because they're different people, but also because they weren't singing in Spanish. Apparently, she didn't even know Spanish until she was 11 years old. Yeah, well, Spanish wasn't her primary language. Yeah, but by the time that she's singing in, in the later half of her career later half at being 22, yeah. um, she's like she seems like she's been singing it the whole time. 
Yeah, and she was like a big influence for um, Spanish speaking like, people. Shakira, yeah. she's she's dancing like her, and I'm thinking maybe Shakira. Stole I think Shakira. Her I think Shakira <laughs> like made a tribute album or is it covered one of her songs? Yeah, a big portion of this episode concentrated on the struggle of the band, uh, the Southern Pearl band that they were in, and how people didn't like the slow ballads. They were kind of bored by them. Even a nursing home. Uh, fired them halfway through and brought in a DJ and then they the dad tried to like cover it up and be like oh they're t- they're old and tired but then they showed the the nursing home again and they were like dancing all these old people <laughs> dancing in there um but it seemed pretty obvious what the problem was because when they did a wedding which I talked about with the peach can lights uh they played funky town and everybody was into it and that obviously has a Right, yeah, beat. Beat, yeah. So you were like, okay, well, then they're going to start veering their way into that type of music. But no, they go right back to the slow ballads and they have the same problem again. And the father then hears a Mexican band play and he's, and the wife is like, it's not the, it's not just the tempo. It's the fact that they're singing in, uh, in Spanish. And so that's what causes the transition over. And it's sort of unexpected because again, I just, think they needed to sing catchier beats you know yeah for no. the time period but it's also the opposite of like today's world where many artists are switching to english when they want to go big because they realize they're going to be reaching a bigger audience that way mm. so it's just interesting that she broke in and, and that's when they changed the name of the band to selena Elos dinos yeah, I know Suzette Cantania, who is the sister of Selena. Yep. Uh, she said that this wasn't a documentary, um, and she's also. It does seem like there were some liberties taken. Again, the plottiness of it felt a little like they must have consolidated a lot of what happened into like spoonfuls mm-hmm. for the audience. I know that people were mad that Chris Perez, who was Selena's husband, uh, wasn't used in the show. Uh, he even published a book back in but 2012. But he's in the show. He's his representation. His is representation in is in the show, and but he like was. He oh, you mean they didn't him. like talk to him before? Yeah, and he even published a book called "To Selena with Love" in 2012, and people are saying that that's a better version of the story than this TV show. But, but he did I come guess... out. He did come out on Instagram two days ago saying that host people enjoy the show. So yeah, because it's feel good. Yeah, it's just interesting that the family has the rights to her story and he doesn't. But he yeah. has the rights to his book. What if they, they've done this before where they've had two series come out at the same time about the same thing and he like sells it to Hulu and it's just a competing Selena series? A lot of people have said that like Selena's story is one of the most told, maybe not like in The ending of it is crazy. Yeah. But that's, that's that's what I'm more interested in seeing. And I expected it to be less family friendly. I expected it to be more gritty. Like it just started off super tame. Well, season two is supposed to go into more of her fame storyline. And I think that it's going to be better because of it, because there's more milestones that you can go to. Also for like an artist, for a singer, especially you expect just there to be so much like dirt in their past, Mm -hmm. whether it be drug use or depression. And it just doesn't seem like any of that there is that none of that is there. It's just that she was always just happy with her family. And maybe that's why people were just like, oh, she comes across Christish is because she doesn't have any ill effects from that stuff. And maybe that's what the point of the series is trying to depict is that like, she was such an innocent person to then have something horrible happen to her. And I don't know where the moral like lesson is in there. Yeah, I think that that's what people have found murky about it. Murky. Interesting. Does the show incorporate any type of like newsreel or any actual imagery from? Yeah, when the 1980s recession hit, they were all about the news. 
But, like, did it show, like, actual news reports? Yeah, it showed this guy being, like, the recession is worse than we expected, and people are losing their jobs. And then the mom is on the phone, and she says something along the lines of, like, we're going to lose the restaurant. And then the next scene, they're losing the restaurant. Like, again, very Mm -hmm. plot-based. You did get a good sense that the parents, which I'm still surprised that the dad was considered not the best. um, Yeah. Because it seemed like their marriage was pretty strong. They tried to raise their kids well. The only thing that he didn't have was money, and uh, if he had that, then they probably would have had an easier time with it. So I know that because it covers the full first full episode, just kind of her teenage years, you've already kind of mentioned the fact that she, not Not uh, her teenage years at all. Oh, well, no right beforehand. Yes. Um, I know that you've kind of mentioned the fact that she didn't really have any faults or anything like that, but do you think it's a good in-depth look at her family, at least? Her siblings were mostly there for comic relief, like... There was a scene where her sister didn't want to play the drums at first because girls don't play drums. And then there was a scene where the brother was forced to grab the peach cans from the dumpster and he didn't want to do that. They're always kind of supportive. Like it's a very supportive family. They don't really argue with each other. Uh, and in that way, it seems like a little ungenuine. Like it's not it didn't feel like a real family drama. <laughs> was the show shot well? Because in season one, they shot it in... They have a budget. Like, yeah, Rosarito, Mexico. And again, that one shot at the beginning with the sea of lighters, they spent a lot on that. And I was like, how are people's thumbs not just burning off right now? <laughs> like, I get that lighters are built so that you can go- do that, but it just feels like a, some dumb idiot. Oh, just are like, you sure that they were real lighters? Like, oh, one, yeah, they showed a bunch of people actually holding them. But like I'm saying, for the show, it makes sense. But for people on an audience, like when they're drunk and they're in a crowd and there's a billion people screaming and yelling songs that you they yeah. burn their thumbs the <laughs> show had at least 600 people working on it mm-hmm. i think and they were all in the audience yeah they, every single one of them uh season two was shot in northern baja california in 2020 like i said it was unaffected by the coronavirus can you guess the reviews for the show the show or this episode this episode okay on this episode i don't think it was particularly like great um, so I would give it like a seven. It has a seven point five on IMDb. Okay, um, but I will say that's the lowest rated episode so nice. far. It also has a forty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not so nice. But by the end of the first day of its release, it was number one on Netflix. Yeah, it's so new that it's probably going to fluctuate a little bit. Even on Rotten Tomatoes, it could go up. I don't know. Yeah, and it has a, like three out of five on Common Sense Media. Oh yeah, it's very it's very family oriented and like I guess. Besides the sadness factor, which, again, it kind of just overwhelmed some of the episode, it wasn't to the point where I wouldn't show it to, like, a little tiny kid. Like, yeah. a five-year-old could watch this, and they would feel good about it. It's, it's very mixed. Just to give one of the bad reviews, HollywoodReporter.com stated, The narrative bloat is startlingly egregious. The nine-part debut season covers roughly the same ground as the first half of the Selena movie. I think narrative bloat is the equivalent of what I was talking about with the plottiness of it. Um, it's just a meaner way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, people wanted to hear Como La Flor, which is apparently one of her, oh, one most of her songs. famous songs. Yeah, it would have been cool if we had seen more of her songs and less like slow ballads, because even the audience, they were making the joke that people were getting bored by it. Again, the singer is fine um, as a kid, but it would have been cool to see more of the sort of like funky town type of songs because it was like the first time you got a good laugh at the song. Or yeah, and, and so you don't hear that until later on, the Come of the Floor song. And you know so. they have the budget. They, they have the rights yeah. to her songs. Yeah. So why not just play them? More? They start off the show with one of her songs and then they end it with another one. Was it when it. they started with one of her songs, was that the intro or was that I told just... you, it was the one where she got nervous about going on stage. She went on stage, she sang a song and that was it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Um, any other questions? No, that's about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So those were basically my thoughts on the episode. I don't see anything else on my notes that we have to go over. This is our 94th episode or 94th? Mm-hmm. 94th. Okay. So we have five more regular episodes until we get to the 100th. And on our 100th, we're going to be taking a full review over the last 100 and giving a breakdown, uh, a little bit of funny facts about each show and then giving our top 10. Um, so stay tuned for that. And uh, hope you like this episode. Bye. Bye.